Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. And today's topic, I'm going to be talking about the 80 portion of 80-20. I don't know how many of you have read Matt Fitzgerald's book, 80-20, but uh, it is truly uh, a great book, and it gives us a lot of definitions for our training. It defines how hard effort should be. I think the understatement is, is you know, what during the 80 portion of this, and I'll, I'll talk about what 80-20 is and define that as well, but... Um, what portion of that 80 should be at what effort? They really define the upper um, capacities of that, and, and they define the 20 as well. Um, but, you know, it's not all to be done at a specific effort, and I just want to kind of go over that. So when we talk about 80-20, the, um, 80 defined as 80% of the total volume, whether that be time on your feet or mileage, whatever you abide by. So um, I'm a time on feet person. Uh, I, I try not to look at mileage. Um, but 80% of that total volume should be done at a specific effort, whereas 20% of your weekly volume should be harder, higher you know, effort, whether that be uh, you know, tempo, lactate threshold, uh, however you want to find it, anaerobic intervals, VO2 max intervals, however you term those those harder efforts, 20% of your weekly volume should be um, at a higher intensity. So um, <clears throat> we're talking about 80% of your volume of training. Now, um, breaking that down further, since we're talking about 80% of your total volume, now there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, percentages that are going to come through here. So I'm going to try to be as as clear as I can when I'm I'm defining these things. Um, but in talking about um, you know this 80% of your volume, when you go for a run, let's just say it's your your average conversational run. If I talk about RPE, typically it's a five to six. RPE. That's your normal conversational run defined as going out and you could hold a normal conversation, no problem with a person. You could sing a song without, you know, skipping a beat. Okay. That's, you know, that's your normal run. Okay. Typically we define that as zone three in the heart rate. And uh, if you read 8020, they use a specific percentage of 78%, 78% of your maximum heart rate. Okay, that is defined uh, as the ventilatory threshold. You may have heard me talk about that in previous episodes. So 78% of your maximum heart rate or your ventilatory threshold. Okay, this is uh, whereas thereafter, we are now starting to get into the lactate threshold. In other words, we're starting to produce more lactate than the body can accommodate. It can't flush the lactate out fast enough. So you are just before that threshold allowing your body to produce lactate, okay, lactate acid, uh, but your body can still process it, okay? That's, that's the, where that ventilatory threshold is. So by running at 78% of your maximum heart rate, then you can now uh, receive the maximum benefit of your aerobic normal conversational run, okay? That's, that's the upper limit. Now, what I want to make sure folks understand is that there's two sides to this tale. 
There's times where you should be there. There's times where you should be lower. And then there's your workouts where they should be higher. Now, um, a lot of conversation has has kind of come around uh, over the Winter Olympics, over the uh, the speed skater that broke the 10,000-meter world record uh, and his training because he does high, high volume, you know, tremendous volume, but he does it all at zone two. And, you know, there's also the um, – the proponent of, uh, um, oh my goodness, um, Maffetone, excuse me, Dr. Phil Maffetone, uh, he, and his thought, uh, of keeping, you know, the heart rate low, basically, um, 180 minus your age. Now, if, if you do 180 minus your age, a lot of times that works out to your ventilatory threshold as well. Uh, strangely enough, but folks, for some reason, think it needs to be lower. They think it needs to be, you know, that, that zone two, not necessarily, you know, that, that 78% actually comes into zone three. If we're talking heart rate, again, RPE five or six. Um, if we're talking zone two, that's going to be an RPE of four, you know, an easy jog where now you've gone into low zone two, low to mid zone two. So, um, when we want to mix all of these things together, though, we do, we do in fact want to have some zone two in our training, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about when you should expressly use those, those uh, efforts in your training, um, as well as mixing in those, you know, those higher, those 78% um, ventilatory threshold runs. And then your 20% is separate from those two efforts, your 20% of your volume. I'm sorry, like I said, there's a million different uh, percentages here. But the 20% of your volume is when now you're in that 80% plus of your maximum heart rate. So 20% of your um, weekly mileage or you know, time volume is now 80% or higher uh, in your maximum heart rate scale. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So uh, you know, if, if I review zone two, okay, zone two running is your recovery. RPE of four, that's your recovery jogs, and talk about when to do those. Okay, your uh, zone five, six, and it, it, we're probably talking more on the six side of things here if we're you know, being realistic on the RPE scale. That's your uh, 78% of maximum heart rate. All right, uh, zone three. So that those two runs, your easy zone two runs, and your 78% of maximum heart rate runs, those are the runs that are going to make up 80% of your training volume. And then the remaining 20% are now done in the heart rate of 80% and higher. Okay, that's your zone four and zone five workouts, your higher intensity things. Those should be 20% of your total um, weekly volume. Okay, that's kind of an overview of, of training. Now, it's not to say that um, every day, again, should be at 78% in that, you know, that total volume that we're doing. Uh, so when should you run 78%? When should you run less? Okay, we're now excluding your workout days. Okay, we're, we're talking about when should you do each. Um, so if I talk about when should you do um, an easier run, uh, well, you know, the day after a hard workout, okay? So a day after one of those um, workouts that are requiring you to go into a heart rate range that is 80% of maximum heart rate or higher. The day after should be uh, an easy recovery run in which you are in zone two or a four RPE. 
literally just jogging, shaking it out, helping your body process the acidity that it built up in the workout the day before, flushing out those muscles. That's a good day to, to have a recovery day. Some folks take off, and that's okay. You know, you can take a day off, especially if you're feeling extremely lethargic and not recovered enough to go for a jog, okay? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't want to reinforce bad habits, right? If you are so fatigued that your form is, is really sloppy, right? Your legs are just either so sore or just so lethargic that you're, you're not in your typical form, we don't want to reinforce those bad habits. You know, those are things that if we reinforce can lead to injury, so we want to make sure that we are, you know, we're recovered enough, healthy enough to do an easy jog, okay? And that comes to you and knowing your body. Now, some indications of whether you're, you know, you're okay and, and recovering well is looking at your resting heart rate, okay? Usually, if you have a watch, um, even if it has optical heart rate, now getting into the debate versus optical versus chest strap monitors, uh, we're just talking about simple uh, recovery tool here, which I believe optical heart rate in your wristwatch can do. So when you're sleeping, if you have your watch on, usually it gives you the metric of your resting heart rate. Now, typically after a workout, you're going to see that the heart rate is elevated two to three beats, you know, maybe a little bit more depending on how hard the workout was, but two to three beats higher than your average. So watching your average gives you a good indication of your recovery. So um, it's a good metric to track. I have my athletes track their resting heart rate on a daily basis. That is something that they input into their training logs, letting me know how many hours they slept and what is their resting heart rate. Because um, obviously hours slept, that all contributes to your recovery score. How much are you recovering? The more you sleep, the better recovery you're going to do. That's where our body recovers. The lower your resting heart rate is going to be because you are allowing the body to recover. Also, nutrition comes into this. Are you replenishing your muscles? Okay, so lots of factors in recovery. And that's a, obviously a separate conversation. But watching, again, that resting heart rate, if you watch the resting heart rate over time, you're making sure that you stay within that average. You know, again, two to three beats. You don't want to get above that after a workout. If you are getting above that, you need a little bit more recovery, especially if you see that trend over a few days. We want to make sure that it comes back down. So if we keep that above our average, right? If we keep that up there, then obviously we're not recovering. We're not taking in the maximum benefit of what we're doing. So be real cognizant of your resting heart rate. Now it's, it's not to obsess over, you know, there's all sorts of crazy, you know, HRV, um, sorts of devices that, you know, record and tell you, are you recovering or not? simple resting heart rate is a great variable to let us know that. It's a great metric to let us know that. It's not to say that there isn't merit to these um, these recovery scores and everything else that are given by other devices. You know, I, I, I just don't want to put in a plug that you need one more device to figure this out. Um, HRV is a very good indicator of recovery score. Um, but, uh, you know, that said, so is uh, resting heart rate. Um, now, Heart rate, for what it is, you know, it can be affected by how much sleep you had. So again, if you didn't have enough sleep, it may be more elevated. Um, it can be affected by so many different things. If it was hot in the house, right, that can elevate um, heart rate. Uh, if it was, uh, you know, you, uh, well, resting heart rate shouldn't be affected by caffeine. But <laughs> if you, for some reason, took it after drinking caffeine, obviously caffeine will boost your, your heart rate. So take all those things into consideration, okay, when we're talking about this. 
Um, but again, looking at that metric will help you know if you're recovering or, you know, if, if, if it's a day to go for uh, a recovery jog, because if it's too high, if it's higher than those two or three beats, um, you know, we, we probably should just take a recovery day, take a day off, relax. You know, you can go for a walk, uh, go for a simple spin on your bike, you know, where you're not elevating the heart rate high, you're not getting any pounding. Um, I like to just take my dog for a walk on those days. I think that's a, a great thing to get out, get the legs moving. You know, you're not going to get your heart rate too high. Um, but yeah, just, you know, simple activity like that. Okay. Um, so, uh, again, day after a workout, you know, leave it to your best judgment. You can use those metrics that I talked about, uh, to, to say, okay, this is a good day for a recovery day or it's not. All right. Um, then, uh, after your long run day, after your long run, a lot of times I just take a day off after my long run. Uh, you know, if, if I'm trying to add volume to my program, I may add in a, a recovery run or a split recovery run. And um, what that would look like is um, obviously a recovery run is just a simple amount of time, whether it be, and everybody's recovery runs are different. You know, it could be 30 minutes, super easy, light jog. Again, we're talking low zone two uh, or a four RPE. Okay. Um, and uh, it could be, you know, anywhere up to an hour for me, depending again on how much volume I'm trying to add to that week. The point is, I want to make sure that uh, it's not too hard and that I am recovering from the long run. So I'm not adding too much to what I've already been doing. So that it shouldn't be too taxing on my body and create too much more fatigue by doing something like up to an hour. Now, when I'm kind of, you know, in peak volume, I may add in a second run, a second recovery run, which now I term as a split recovery run. Um, I learned this one from uh, working with Patrick Regan. We were, at, you know, in the morning, I may have a 40 to 45 minute run. And then eight hours later, I may have another 40 to 45 minute run. Okay. That's a split recovery run. Now, eight hours in between, that's, you know, a kind of the minimal time that um, we suggest that you use for doing uh, a double run. You want the body to be able to recover a little bit between the efforts. Again, we're not trying to build more fatigue by doing two runs in a day. So ideally, you'd want obviously 12 hours, which, which can be very difficult, you know, getting up that early to get it done and then doing it later in the PM. So uh, that's why I say eight, you know, eight is kind of more reasonable for, for folks that are, um, you know, working families, etc. Um, but again, ideally, it would be 12 hours in between, but you know, if, if eight is what it is, that's what it is. Um, so, and in between the run again, you know, just like we talked about earlier, you're focusing on recovery. Okay. You're trying to hydrate, you're getting in some good calories, um, trying to meet your macros, right? Get in your carbs, your proteins, your fats, um, you know, eat in between, make sure that you're refueling the body for another session. All right. But that's split recoveries. And again, both efforts are super easy. We're keeping them, you know, that, that like low zone to, uh, RPE of four. I'm just trying to reiterate everybody. So everybody gets that full picture. Um, I'm very much a visual learner. So, um, auditory sometimes for me, it's tough. So, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, make sure that I'm ingraining in these points. So, um, okay. So, uh, the first time I would do a recovery run is after a workout. You know, I like to flush out the muscles, get the, the body processing. Your body actually becomes better at processing lactate uh, by doing 
um, a run the day after. It becomes more efficient because it's like, oh, I, I need to process this because he wants me to go again. So you start to become more and more efficient the, you know, by doing a recovery run only if the body is telling you it's okay to do so. Um, and then secondary, after a long run. Now, you know, both days, it's okay, you know, after a workout or after a long run for you to take a, um, a day off. But uh, if you're going to do a recovery run, those are two days that I, I might suggest, you know, you look at recovery run. Um, the other time would be after a race, right? You've got a big race, um, uh, you know, whatever the distance may be. Um, so if we're talking, uh, you know, half marathon and under, uh, you may take a recovery run the next day. Or, uh, you know, if this is kind of mid-cycle, you you had a good marathon, and the next day maybe you do a slightly longer, we'll say a medium-long run, right? So you get in some more volume but at an easy intensity. Um, And what that may look like is, you know, half marathon on on Saturday and perhaps like an hour and a half nice and easy on Sunday, all right? you know, it's, it's, yeah, there's some volume there, but as long as you keep the intensity low and keep, you know, the heart rate down, then you should be fine. Um, not that I suggest doing that all the time, but it's a way to add volume once again, um, at a, at a non-taxing effort. Okay. So, um, yeah, typically half marathon down, that's fine. You get to the marathon the day after, uh, you know, I would suggest just taking a recovery day. Now, that's a good day, you know, marathon and beyond. You just take a recovery day, and that's when I would suggest going for a walk, right? Just letting the, the muscles move, kind of starting to, you know, flush the muscles, getting them uh, worked out, okay? Uh, so marathon and above, day after, I, I call it an active recovery day. You know, you want to get out and move, but you don't necessarily want to go for a run. Um, in previous episodes, I've talked about how much time you should, you know, kind of take off or do active recovery in between efforts. Uh, and you know, it's a good rule of thumb to, to keep that, um, you know, for, uh, what, you know, the rule of thumb is for every 10 miles raced, you should take one day off or active recovery. And that active recovery should not be over an hour in duration. Okay. So there's your rule of thumb for, for recovery for marathon and higher marathon and ultra events. Okay. Um, by that, you know, that last day you should see your, your resting heart rate. Again, this is a good time to track your resting heart rate. You should see that resting heart rate turning to normal. It may return a little bit faster than that, but your body still needs that recovery time down to the cellular level. So allow yourself that recovery time, allow yourself to, you know, to kind of build back nice and gradually. Uh, if you start back too fast, you may feel good, but it, you're quickly going to feel stale because you didn't give yourself enough time to recover. And, uh, and, you know, training just came back too quickly. Uh, we don't want you to get hurt once again. So be careful. Um, so um, after race days, there's my suggestion for, for recovery. Um, and then the last time that I, I talk about uh, recovery days is uh, when you're just feeling blah. Okay. A lot of times we're a slave to a schedule. We see something on the schedule. It's concrete to us. We can't change that. We can't chip away at it. Uh, that's, that's just what we feel, right? The reality is, you know, give yourself that grace to be like, you know, today, I just don't feel it. I'm going to take a recovery day. And you know, that what a recovery day may look like is, uh, just going for a slow, easy jog with less time or less distance, whatever your metric is, uh, just tone it down, bring it back. Okay. It may say on the schedule, go for an hour run, but you just don't have it in you. So go half hour easy, 
you know, something is, you know, is, is, is better than nothing, um, in that vein. And then, you know, if it's an, you know, it's a recovery day and you feel like garbage, just take the day off. Um, you know, there's days where like I've gone down my driveway and started down the road and my legs are just, you know, like, it's like, I got two tree trunks, you know, and I just say, Nope, not today. And I may just go for a walk or I may just come back home. (laughs) Um, it just depends on how bad you feel, you know? So, Listen to your body. That's the key here. Listen to your body and be okay with, you know, today just wasn't the day. And if you're being coached, be honest with the coach. Like I was tired today. I felt like garbage, you know, like, uh, so I cut it less. Can we reschedule this? Is that necessary? You know, especially like, like we get into workouts, right? And we have these workouts scheduled and, you know, we try as coaches to make it on, on schedules where it's not going to inhibit any other training. But, you know, if, if it's not your day, like, you know, you had a deadline last night, you got two hours of sleep, you woke up to a screaming kid and you haven't eaten in 24 hours it's probably not the day to work out, right? You, I mean, I could be wrong. You could have a great workout, but if you go out for the warm up and you're like, it's not in my legs today, like just, you know, be okay. Say, say to your coach, Hey, can I move this? Is that cool? Like, can we put this somewhere else? I just, you know, I had X, Y, and Z happen and it just, I feel awful. And today I knew it would just not be a good workout. And that's the smart thing to do. That's what I would encourage my athletes to do all the time is let me know and we will move that workout. Now, if you're you know, self-coached, again, be okay. Like today is not the day for this workout. What other day could I do it, right? Could you tack it into your long run? Like where, where could you put it, okay? So, you know, be, be smart about your recovery days. Uh, you know, if you're just not feeling it, make it a recovery day or make it a day off. Just be sensible about it, Okay. Um, so that's, that's when I use, um, zone two, uh, again, you know, we're talking real low zone two efforts. Um, and, uh, and I should also say, I haven't mentioned that when I say zone two and zone three, I've, I've mentioned four and five, I am talking on a five zone scale. Okay. So, um, you know, these, these zone two efforts are typically somewhere between, you know, if I put numbers on it, it's like 66 to maybe 72% of maximum heart rate when we're talking, you know, zone two. Um, but that's kind of your recovery zone and we want it nice and easy. Now I know some folks that they say, I can't go that slow. I'll teach yourself to go that slow. That's what you need. A lot of times we're running too hard, too often. Right. And then we're not going to get the adaptations from the workouts we're doing because we spend every day going too hard. And again, recovery is where we're going to make the uh, adaptations, where we're going to get stronger, where we're going to get faster, where we're going to gain more endurance. Okay. So allow that time. You know, be okay with that. It's all right. Go slow. I, I say it all the time. You know, I've, I've reiterated it on this podcast. I don't know how many times, but be okay with going slow. It doesn't have to be all the time. And that's what I'm trying to make the point here, right? Because those days that you're not doing these low intensity runs, you're either going um, up to 78% of your maximum heart rate. Those are your conversational paced runs, your five to six RPE runs, right? Or you're doing a workout which is, you know, zone four and five workouts, uh, typically 80 to, you know, I, I would never suggest going a hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I typically stop my athletes at about 90% of maximum heart rate. Maybe you get a little bit above that, but that's where it becomes hard to recover from as well. Uh, that's, that's the separate conversation, but you know, so, um, yeah, the, you know, your other days are those. So your recovery days may be one or two days a week where you're in zone two 
for the reality of what we're talking about. And it depends on how many days, obviously, you're running per week. Uh, you know, here I'm talking about athletes that are typically running six, potentially seven days a week. Uh, you know, those that are running five days a week, instead of having a recovery day, you're taking a day off, right? So you may not have these zone two efforts in your training unless, you know, you had like, uh, you know, I need to squeeze in this run and it's the day after a workout or one of these scenarios in which I said you need a recovery run the day after. So, you know, if that's your case where, you know, let's say, you know, you could only schedule so that, you know, whatever, uh, let's just say Friday is a workout day and, you know, Saturday is one of your run days, make that your recovery day. Okay. Make it easy so that you recover from it. Um, that that's the scenario in which I would, I would suggest. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of times I, I see these things and I just see folks and they're just going too hard all the time. And that's, you know, the point of this, right? Like, and again, you know, I, I think some people look at the 80, 20 rule. They read the 80, 20, um, book again by Matt Fitzgerald and they see, you know, that, 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 you know, that 78% of maximum heart rate. And they're like, okay, so 80% of my volume needs to be at 78% of my maximum heart rate. And that's not the case. And that's, you know, that's everything of which I just spoke. You know, we do want to mix up even in that 80% of your uh, weekly volume, we want to mix up the efforts in which, you know, we're, we're taking recovery where it's needed. Okay. Um, and then, you know, on the days that we're supposed to be doing conversational pace runs, we're doing that in intensity that's going to gain us aerobic benefit, right? It's not going to be too hard, uh, you know, to, uh, it's not going to take too much out of us. Uh, in other words, if we had a workout the next day, or if we have a long run the next day, you know, it's that, that effort there, if you're staying 78% or, or just below, then you're not going to be too tired in, you know, for your next long run or workout. So, Use your efforts wisely. That is that is my lesson here. Um, you know, be okay with um, with changing up these efforts and, and knowing. Okay, this is this is the high end, right? Now, you know, it's a whole another conversation using heart rate, right? Because um, you know, it's going to be very different for somebody that's uh, running on the road versus somebody that's even just running on the trail. Whether that's you know a flat trail or not, there's so many undulations and turns. Your heart rate is going to elevate. You know, you are working more muscles. Your heart rate will be higher. Um, and then, you know, hills, obviously hills uh, change heart rate. So, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's tough with heart rate, especially once you start getting on hills and such. Um, but you have to be uh, disciplined enough in order to be and stay at that, that maximum 78% of, uh, of your maximum heart rate. Okay. So um, you use your discipline. Uh, now, it's not to say that, you know, hills will always be that difficult. At first, you may have to slow down or even walk on some of the hills, but you will eventually, and I'm sure you've heard it, you will eventually be able to run those hills and you'll be eventually able to do them at faster paces at that 78% of your maximum heart rate. So give it time, give it patience, be disciplined, okay? Don't let it go too high, okay? Because again, we're not going to gain the maximum benefit of our training. And that's the point of this. We want you to gain the, the maximum benefit of your training. Okay. This goes across the board. Uh, now, when I talk about this, I am talking to all runners. I am talking for those that are training for a 5k, you know, they're training for, uh, on an ultra, you know, myself, I'm training for a 200 miler. I still abide by these rules. All right. So this is for everybody, you know, everybody out there. Uh, and 
by all means, if you got questions, you want to talk about things, you know, let me know. Let me send me questions. I I love answering training questions, and and folks, you you do have some wonderful questions. Um, and you know, I I probably should ask, can I use this on you know my show? Um, because like I said, I I get a lot of inspiration from you and your questions. So by all means, ask away. I want to hear. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, what topics you want to hear about, right? Like that's, those are always, I love getting ideas from folks and, and talking about things you want to hear about, you want to learn about any topic that I, I can share. And if I don't know, I'm going to find a guest who does and we'll learn together. So please share those thoughts with me. Now, whether that's by email or social media, even drop a, you know, a line on Strava, whatever it may be, communicate, let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to learn about, um, what you're thinking about the episodes. I hope you're learning from them. I hope I'm giving you some insight onto your training and maybe helping you to, uh, to uh, boost your training, to make you a better runner. That's my goal is to share this information so that you can become a better runner. Um, coaching, uh, man, um, coaching right now, uh, I am full uh, at the moment. Uh, and as I said, uh, after Hellbender, which is coming up, uh, you know, the beginning of May, uh, after that, I will have some space. So if you're looking for training for something for the fall, um, great time. You can contact me now if you want to talk about that. Uh, it, I just, it's really difficult for me right now to, uh, to, uh, to take anybody on board at the moment, just because I, I want to make sure that I'm providing the best service that I can to my athletes while at the same time making preparations for hellbender. Um, so, um, again, feel free to reach out. Let me know, you know, is there a, a future goal that you and I can work together towards? I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation and see if we are a good match for coach and athlete. Um, I like working together and making sure that the process is shared and that you're getting out of it what you need. So by all means, reach out, but know that I probably can't take anybody on board till after Hellbender is finished. Um, Hellbender, uh, man, it, it is coming up quick. I can't believe how quickly. Um, we are in need of some volunteers. So if you can volunteer, um, please jump on Ultra Sign Up. The Hellbender 100 Ultra Sign Up page has a volunteer link. If you can sign up for a, um, a, a shift um, of doing whatever, uh, you know, we need van drivers, you know, to, to pick up runners and uh, we need a cook for the, the, uh, finish line food. There's just so many roles that we need to fill. Um, so if you can, or you know, somebody that can, um, please, you know, please sign up. Uh, I'm going to put out a, uh, a social media post with the roles that are needed. If you can just share that post, that's tremendous. That's a huge help to me. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm just trying to spread the word in as many places that I can. I just want to make sure that this race goes as smoothly as it can, that everybody involved is as safe as possible and volunteers make that happen. So please, if you can volunteer, I can't thank you enough. Um, man. So yeah, Hellbender's coming up. Uh, other great news about Hellbender, uh, and I'll be doing a whole episode this weekend on the Hellbender 100 podcast is that, uh, we have a course change. We are finally able to run out of Camp Greer on the trail and finish at Camp Greer on the trail. We have eliminated the five mile road section at the beginning of the race. And again, we are now finishing back at Camp Greer. So exciting news. It's been a lot of work to get this together. I can't thank 
Victor Mariano enough for all the hard work he's putting in uh, and all the other folks behind the scene, Abby and Bart and oh man, just a slew of folks that have made this a possibility. Um, you know, uh, Jason McDonald over at Camp Greer um, and Brandon Thrower, the G5 Trail Collective, all these folks for making these trails happen and possible and for allowing us to uh, to use them. So I'm excited for this change. Uh, and if you want to hear more about it, again, I'll be doing a, a podcast for the Hellbender 100, which will be released this Saturday, which is uh, March... Oh, no, this Saturday is actually April 2nd. Wow, man, it's April already, which means that the April newsletter is upon us. So April newsletter, I'm actually probably, uh, well, yeah, so April will come out and then May newsletter will probably be after Hellbender. So it's going to be a little bit later. Um, So I can do a kind of a recap of Hellbender and such. But um, April newsletter will be coming out here, uh, you know, on Saturday, uh, Friday, Friday. Uh, so that will come out. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, uh, you can jump on my website, mrrunningpains.com. It is free to all. It is a monthly publication in which I provide tips, uh, gear reviews, uh, training advice, all sorts of stuff uh, for you guys uh, for your charge. So hop on over there, um, you know, sign up for the newsletter, all my old newsletters. If you want to go through and read some old articles uh, about training and such, uh, they are all um, they are all posted on the website, mrrunningpains.com. If you go under the connect page, you'll see, uh, the archived podcasts and, uh, newsletters. So that's all on my website. So, um, I haven't been as active on YouTube lately. Uh, just been super busy. Um, you know, obviously, uh, with everything going on, uh, still in the midst of track season, kids are doing wonderful. I'm really loving coaching high school. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, middle school is fun as well, but these these high school kids, they're doing some amazing things, and I'm just happy to be a part of that. Um, so really enjoying that, um, as well as you know, like I said, all the preparations from Hellbender, and then just you know coaching my athletes. So uh, it's been really really fun. Um, I have not replanned Scar. Uh, but you know, I do have the Massanut and Loop. I am going to be doing that at the end of April. So April 29th is my my projected date for the Massanut and Loop. Uh, again, I'm trying to complete the Brute Challenge. You can check that out. Uh, look up online um, Brute Running Challenge, and you should be able to to find the website. Uh, but it's it's five different courses here in the Southeast, uh, and Scar being uh, the Appalachian Trail through the Smokies. That was supposed to be my first, but it just did not work out based on uh, snow and then my own health problems, uh, which I'm, I'm fine from now. I appreciate everybody that, that reached out for, for checking on me. Um, so Scar won't happen this spring. I'm going to push that off till after Bigfoot 200. But Bigfoot 200 is still the goal. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of just allowed myself to be okay with, you know, whatever running is right now, whatever it looks like, however much it is per day, that's what it is right now. Um, my focus is really on, um, you know, my athletes, uh, putting together hellbender, uh, coaching the track kids and of course my family. So, um, just taking, you know, a little bit of a, a reprieve from, from training right now and not putting as much stress on it just because I have enough other things going on that I don't want to, you know, be really stressed out by, can I do this today? Can I get this much volume in? But, um, you know, I know, I know those things are coming up and, uh, I want to, you know, obviously get the training in, but, um, I also have to be okay with right now is just a super busy time and I need to take care of uh, some other things first. So, um, 
But that's what's going on. Um, I really hope that everybody enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, you know, if, if you have a comment, concern, whatever question, please reach out to me. I'm happy to answer those. And, uh, you know, until next time, just keep running, my friends.